0: our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into
4: adventure.
0: Uh. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with the Beckets of the Herald of Steel campaign, the adventure, Lords, and the quest, Vengeance. Our brave heroes have dug deep into strange, apparent, mm, cavernous ruins. Uh, beneath the uh, Keratos Mountains here on a gnomish errand to retrieve some rusty draconian parts in order to make a vengeance bomb to take care of some naughty duergar who have claimed the Dwarvish land. Our party have had very strange encounters on the way into this place with rust monsters and a strange mirror puzzle that totally didn't need to take as long as it did if Anthony just listened to the butt-clinking hint. But... That aside, our party barely escaped, or at least Jarzak and Clego barely escaped the clutches of Valaketh himself before heading around a caustic pool and discovering the rusted remains of the dragon itself inside the halls of this place. Uh, apparently digging holes and traveling around before stopping smelling gnomes and uh, being generally pissed, I-, I guess, would be the uh, the takeaway from the dragon. So we left off with the party about 80 or 90 so feet away down the hall and uh, a little bit of a cluster. I think Jarzak was waking up from his cat nap at this point. Um, but yeah, you guys can see that the ruins themselves that you guys are down here in, the stonework walls and everything look like they've been kind of scraped at and scratched at by something far too large kind of digging around in here, but giant like massive holes that have been filled in with their own sort of rubble and dirt seem to elude that this burrowing is a typical form of travel down here. But more importantly, 90 feet away is this massive golden eyed rusted draconian beast that takes up much of the entirety of this hallway. And it's staring down the hall down at all of you. And again, calling for uh, revenge on them gnomes is not exactly in a good mood. Well,
3: I introduced myself, so Cleek is all set. And it just kind
0: of sits there in a uh, very strange stance. Could I get uh, an insight check? 11.
4: 18.
3: Soft 20. Gavin cool. yeah,
0: Okay, so both Norhill and Jarzak, uh, I imagine sort of lifting yourselves up off the ground, getting ready for whatever the heck is about to happen next. You guys can tell from the way the thing heard Klika introduce herself, and as you guys begin to prep yourselves, it's standing in a very strange way. Its head is tilted in a very strange way, and it looks to you guys in sort of a distant, kind of removed sort of way. It doesn't seem to be all there it seems like though there is clearly something directly in front of it it's uh not really anticipating the danger that's going on right now in the right way it should you guys are coming off as more of like or at least jarzak can tell this much it's it's treating you guys like a weird flitting dream or annoyance some sort of strange mirage come to assault in its in its strange dream state in this place you get what i'm saying Like, it's dismissing you like strange phantasms. Norhill can kind of get that gist, but not so specifically. Okay. And so it just kind of stands there bleakly looking and blinking down the hall. And with each slight movement or twitch, small flakes of rust fall off of its body, its scales, and just crumbles to the floor, leaving a nice dusty pile.
2: Could you just I, give me a very quick reminder? What exactly did we need from the dragon in order to make the vengeance bomb?
0: Some sort of living piece of it. Um, Perhaps Norhill
2: to the party. We can treat with it and get what we need peacefully.
4: I I can use a calm emotions on it. I don't know if it will backfire on us.
0: I'm pretty sure that only works on humanoids, right? Yeah.
4: Um. Oh, does it? Yeah.
0: And besides, it seems calm uh, already. I mean, it sounds that pissed. It's just kind of sitting there like as if I don't know. Again, between dream states. like it, It's pissed at you guys. I'm sure if one of you spoke up, it would become just as angered as before, but it's like weirdly sitting here with its eyes kind of cockeyed looking in different directions and like slightly shambling to itself. So uh, what would you guys like to do?
3: Klika doesn't know if this is the best place to try and make a move on the, our dragon friend here. Making I have a it? quick
4: question. Is it speaking draconic?
0: No, it's oh, spoken in okay. the common tongue. It's
4: spoken common. Okay, just making sure. There we go. Sorry. He's <laughs> just trying to make this
0: one step more difficult.
4: I have to ask you, don't know. Sorry, Clay, you can go. <laughs> um,
3: may- maybe we can wait for a bit and he'll wander off somewhere else. Maybe he'll leave a piece behind that we can use. I mean, that would be pretty helpful, wouldn't it? hmm
2: That second doesn't seem likely, but I'm inclined to agree with you that we don't want to face it in this narrow tunnel.
0: And so with that, after waiting like another 30 or so seconds, unless somebody else was going to say something, everybody just kind of sits there holding their breath, tight-lipped and like teeth barred and just kind of sitting there holding on tight for something to happen and it twitches a couple more times it's dusty rusty whiskers kind of dangling about and twitching the thing sniffs at the air again and every time it wheezes in you can see little tufts of like mercurial red clouds kind of puff out of holes in its throat and out of the sides of its ribs where these deep breaths of air seem to be pulling rust off of its you know innards there and it sniffs at the air again and it says in the draconian tongue flitting dreams and nightmares why do you haunt me? And in the gnomish tongue, does anybody speak gnomish? Uh, nope. I didn't, I didn't figure so. No. Wait, did you say no, Anthony? No.
3: Uh-huh. Wait, Nobody did you say no or gnome? No. I,
0: I
2: said, I said, <laughs> I, I know I do not speak gnome.
0: Hmm. Well, Okay. And so it starts to say something and something that sounds similar to Dwarvish, but it's hard to really make out whatever the heck it seems to be saying. And it kind of like, again, begins to sniff at the air a couple more times before taking a couple of pensive steps down the hallway and coming out of the cramped doorway that it does and starts to shamble down towards you guys very slowly sniffing at the air it fills the hallway there is no way to potentially get past it other than somehow like sliding underneath it or climbing over it somehow it fills the hall and you can hear the sound of just rusty metal scraping on like marble and stone as each one of its broken off rusted scales talons and wing bits just dangle and drag against the stonework screeching as it does sparks kind of dangling from the uh, edges of each pit of contact and it continues to move slow Slowly before again stopping and in the common tongue saying what do you know why have you come here I smell you
3: um, we're here to try and help some dwarves and we need your help to do that
0: Once you respond, as you do, you can see this critter's eyes seem to like, I don't want to say it, they sort of like pulsate and like twitch a little bit as if it wasn't expecting somebody to respond. And it kind of recoils a little bit back. And it says, I should have known, not gnomes, but the smell of dwarves. And it begins to kind of sniff at the air a couple more times again and says, faint odors of
1: others. Who enters my to my crypt?
3: Um, I already introduced myself, but I'm still Kleka.
2: North Anton-
4: Hammerstone. Sorry. <laughs> no Anton gets on, Anton gets on <laughs> knee and bows to it, and he says, "Anton of Glory, wake in your service." Great. Are dragon. you in?
0: Are you in its service? Are you? Or are you? Are you trying to bullshit this thing into a false? No,
4: answer? man, this is a fucking gold dragon. Even if it's dead, this is like the epitome of good to Anton. Like he's he's like. <laughs> I mean, it is. Like it is very similar
0: to he's the a, to the Kieran.
4: Yeah, he wants to. He's like he's in reverence, even though it's in a pretty shitty state.
0: Hey, be nice.
4: Yeah, that's why it's being cordial.
0: What about Jarzak?
3: Hi, I'm Jarzak. Oh, okay, Jarzak and just so it rolls the, over and continues his cat nap. <laughs> it's like, just keep, yeah, huh, keep buying I, time. I we need to the get this over. The spell should have been over by now. I can't, I...
0: Jarzak saw some creepy shit, okay, but with that, after Anton. Uh, speaking in such a way and hearing the creaking of the metal armor and kind of leaning over the gold dragon in a very strange and draconian way takes one more step forward slinking like a cat on prowl as it approaches the party at this point it's about 60 feet away and again the smell of rust at this point is overwhelming it just smells like stale blood and like rotten bones and as it approaches you can hear the wheezing and the whistling between its you know individual scales that are missing but it speaks up and says "Anton
1: of glory Wake
0: I smell something on you And it begins to twitch a few more times with its nostrils
4: He'll come toward it To kind of figure Shit. it out <laughs> Okay like, so slowly, Cautiously of course But he'll come toward it
3: Okay what's everybody else gonna do I'm going to wonder what our cleric's going to roll up for their next character. (laughs) And so with that... Uh, I I I guess Klikum will also approach um, and in Draconic say um, we're not here to cause harm. We're simply trying to put something right
0: and so, as Anton approaches, clinking boots and Klika timidly following closely behind, uh, as Anton reaches about the 30 or so feet away point, kind of reaching that mid ground the dragon reaches its, like, its spine up a little bit and it kind of like creaks its back as it leans up and its head bonks into the ceiling. It recoils a little bit, but not enough that it seems like it was actually like trying to avoid pain on that. Like it bonks its head as if it does it every day. And it seems to be looking vaguely in your direction, but it sort of lowers itself back down again. And it says <clears throat> to Anton, I smell something on you. Faint.
1: As it is. But something peculiar. I haven't smelled it in quite some century. I oh my god, is it
4: the frankincense?
0: Ronnie, can you roll Constitution saving throw real quick? No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just shoots a frankincense cone at you. But... Um, not a cone of stench. It's just frankincense. But um, with that, it, it uh, sort of gets back down onto its four legs and begins to get closer, closing up to about 10 feet until its head is just arcing directly over Anton, but never looking directly at Anton or Klica or anybody in particular, but just kind of like weirdly tilting its head so that its little you know, padded ear holes have a much better listening space over you guys. But as it leans in, it says, I smell it. And sniffs in deep at Anton getting close enough that you can see that like the dried cracked marks on its lip line show that it's just a dry vessel of a being and all the cracked scabby bits all over its face as it leans in close to you you realize that if it wanted to chomp on you, it could probably fit your entire torso, like at the leg line and your head and everything. Like it'll just scoop you up, the legs dangling out of it if it wanted to. So it, it reaches in nice and slow and serpentine-like and it leans in and says, I smell the revolting smell of Celestia. And as it leans in a little bit, as if like catching a whisper from nowhere, It looks in Klika's general direction and says, What? Right. Wrong. Helping
1: people? I have no business in this way. You are
3: foolish. No, I'm Klika. This is the third time.
4: Can can I do a religion check? What is this Celestia that he's talking about?
0: It's just one of the foreign... Planes, one of the realms where angelic beings and all these ultra good things come from hearing that oh. reference you might assume that perhaps a run-in with a very strange and powerful goodly being may be what it sniffs on you perhaps some sort of celestial critter maybe a kirin of sorts perhaps maybe
4: oh do they not get along
0: oh now Ronnie! I mean, why remember. no you've already mentioned that they were the like gold dragons were the biggest like champion of goodness and yeah. you spoke of like the angel horse dragon thing these guys are probably homies and so as it leans in for that smell of it and again tilts its head to kind of comment on what Klika had said it says again you know the right or wrong comment there So what would you two like to do standing here at the uh, old pitcher's mound?
3: Um, Well, I know maybe you don't have a direct hand in it, but if you could help do something about it, wouldn't you want to?
0: And the dragon kind of lifts its head up again, sniffing in her direction, and if ever a dragon could have a, like, a a firm look of disdain, it looks disgusted as if you ripped a stinky fart in front of its face by mentioning, like, would you do the right thing if you could? This thing just arcs its head back in an insulted way, and it says, right and wrong are just words by those who have power.
1: It is nothing more than schemes.
0: The dragon leans up again and sort of arcs its spine against the back of the the ceiling here. And you can see looking at its exposed belly, like there are ribs showing and not in an emaciated fashion, but in a like scales don't cover anymore. Skin has torn to pieces and the brutal remains of its rusted flesh are like it's it's bad. And so the thing kind of leans back down and says, I was to help them and look at what they
1: did to me. For goodness, they leave me here. Speak to me of goodness, but I know the smell of gnomes. You came from there looking for me for something.
4: I don't believe what they did is good. I mean, they may have. <laughs> they well.
0: Like, I think I can speak for everybody here. That's pretty fucked up. Okay, just saying, pretty fucked up. Okay.
4: <laughs> so it just looks like you said, if they were do anything good for you, I don't know how you'll take this, but to take you out of your misery, they've only caused you pain and harm and suffering, stuck under a mountainside. They may have meant good at first, but good intentions, if done too well, tend to go sour. I'm sorry, what was that part you said about taking it out of its misery? I kind of missed
0: half of it. I'm I'm not sure if this thing should be insulted that you just mentioned that line. What
4: did you say exactly? That's, That's what I said.
0: No, I'm asking you to do it, to, to say it again because I, I heard you basically like roll up to that line and I'm not sure if you're like they sent us here to take you out of your, mer- out, out of your misery. No,
4: no, no, no. I was not say that.
0: Okay. Uh, so repeat it because I'm very worried for your well-being in the next 10 seconds.
4: <laughs> yeah, that just says I, I, I worry at what state they left you and it's terrible. It seems of internal torture trapped under a mountainside.
0: And so
1: There with must be that,
4: some way to help you.
0: And it says,
1: the only way you can help me is to die. I wish only to cause the same pain that they caused to me, to every fool who enters my domain, seeking gemstones and wealth, seeking goodliness and adventure. I am not a pawn and I am not a token for glory. I was goodness. I was great. Their ingenuity left me this, this lich, this rusted lich, and you too will know my pain.
0: Now, if everybody will do me a tremendous favor and roll a dexterity saving throw, I would be so very grateful.
2: Uh, which, luckily, everybody currently has half proficiency on
4: dexterity
0: that the, the plus zero, one.
4: what does that yep. mean? <laughs>
0: what do you mean you rolled a zero or you're saying you have no, no? no if, I have,
4: if I have like no proficiency index,
0: yeah, I mean, you just get the plus one because Anthony, okay, because cup. Uh, well, for all the good it does me, I rolled a 10, I rolled
4: I 12
2: and 11. Sorry,
0: 15. I <laughs> <21. laughs> okay. Well, as the thing starts to lean back and everybody begins to hear the tremblings going on inside this thing's beastly gullet, you guys can see it begin to like vibrate in a very unhealthy and sickly way. Sort of like what happens when any other dragon forces a elemental charge from deep within. And as you guys, trapped in this back corner, begin to notice the, uh, the danger coming your way, Uh, The party tries to take cover, but unfortunately it does not seem like it's going to be quite enough. Uh, Both uh, Jarzak and Kalika, I believe, are the ones who are able to take half damage from this, but uh, the next moment that ensues is a blinding and horrifically hot burning pain as just... So much rusted shrapnel comes flinging out of this thing's mouth and just slices each and every one of you as if in a blizzard of blades. And so, uh, yeah, let's... I don't want to do addition on the podcast. Oh, my... I did not roll very low. I am very sorry for this. Um, Let's see. We got... 20, 30, 40, 49... 52, 59. Uh, we got 64 points of damage. Cut in half for Jarzak and Kliega. What kind of Oops. damage?
4: Um, I think I'm dead.
0: Yeah, that's more health than all of us have, so that's good.
2: Yeah, that doesn't
4: kill me outright.
2: What did you say, 64?
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's not dead, like dead dead.
2: Uh-oh. Well, like, you know really? that, like, that doubled your hit
4: points. Oh, it's supposed to double. I thought it was just ten after your total. Uh,
2: it has to double.
4: Oh, oh, but I'm, but you're down still down. Yeah, I'm down. So everybody's
0: so so we've got downed players. Yes, yes. What? Everybody's downed. What kind yeah. of damage was it? Uh, it, it was <laughs> yeah, rust. It was slashing damage.
3: Oh, it's not an element. No. Oh, uh, I'm not it, down.
2: Uh, was it magical? No. I take three less.
0: Does that so keep that's... you from dropping? <laughs> it. Do- it doesn't. Well, uh, that's I guess close. <laughs> uh,
2: that's sixty-one out of my fifty-seven.
0: Shit well how about that that was uh that was pretty fun so we had a good campaign
3: right everybody yeah no i I mean me me and jarzak are still up right yeah fair only because we took half or for me at least or else (laughs) i would have been down too well we all have healing potions right we got some
0: that's very true
3: so let's roll initiative real quick
0: what a good way to start a combat Hell I roll yeah. like absolute max on everything <laughs> just fucking... Ooh, and the worst part is the challenge rating on this is just nowhere near as high as it seems like it would be I hope he gets that recharge right away I got a I got a sweet five on initiative
4: oh yeah four I got a 13 what
2: Pretty okay. what'd you get Anthony 13
0: cool I also got thirteen. Well, let's roll off. And what did Kalika get? Uh, twenty.
4: Is it gonna eat me?
0: (laughs) Just I got thirteen again. Anthony, what'd you get? I didn't hear that eight. Okay, okay, so it's Kalika, Jarzak, Norhill, me, Anthony. So Kalika's first up. Uh Right. What the other two don't see, as Jarzak and Klikka are the only two left standing after that, shreds them to pieces. The rusted gold dragon, after doing so, if I could get an insight from both Jarzak and Klikka. Hell yeah. Time for a four. Uh, Six. (laughs) Dang it. Seven. I beat you. Ah. The thing begins to laugh in a very upset way. but it doesn't look like it's
3: going to stop. So what's Klinka got? Klinka's going to look at the dragon and say, I don't understand how doing something that doesn't make you happy and hurts others is going to solve anything. And I'm going to dump a healing potion down Anton's throat. And cast Shadow Blade.
0: Brutal. Okay. So um the healing potions that you guys have, I'll go ahead and roll that healing for you. I gotta pull out my good healing dice. So uh Ronnie Anton gets back, oh, almost maximum. Uh you get back, I'm gonna double check my Matharoonies, uh 18 points of health from that healing potion but as as you say that it says pain and good feelings
1: are two sides of the same coin indistinguishable at this state who cares Klica all that matters
0: and it just Uh, starts to kind of like breathe deeply to itself and like borderline hyperventilate in its position
3: Um, actually it's Klica Thorelius thank you To you sir And with that It kind of stops a little bit
0: and turns its head again In your general direction And it speaks back in draconic And it says Who has given you such a name
3: Um It was given to me by my Mom and dad He's 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 in dust wind I think He likes to tell stories
0: It tilts its head like very violently in the other direction As if recoiling from you And steps back and it sniffs In your general direction a couple times And it says Rusty pennies No I'm just kidding But <laughs> um, <laughs> You do care No I'm just kidding But um, it, it tilts back a little bit And in Draconic It starts to muffle some whispers Under its breath And it kind of leans towards you again And it says Could it be true? Who was your mother?
3: Um, she was a very nice goblin lady.
0: And with that, the dragon kind of sniffs again and says, I don't believe this is true.
3: Well, Cleek is a goblin, so I don't know what else My mom could have been.
0: So it takes a couple steps back and says, I didn't smell Celestia on this one. And kind of dangles a claw towards Anton and says, I smelled it on you. And it looks back as if like in a state of terror, as if like, you know, priest getting caught and doing something evil. And it just kind of like looks around in the whole room with sort of blinded and blank stares at all directions and says, I meant no harm to the Celestials.
3: Forgive me, please. Um, well, Klika's the child of destiny. Uh, that's what a lot of people have told me. So the dragon ducks its head down
0: and says, I was foolish. you You just reminded
1: me of somebody I knew. From a different time. Fel it, felt greased, but you are not her, her spawn
3: clearly. Wait, and so who who's that? She was a powerful
1: dragon, but she has long since left. I apologize. I don't mean to bore you with stories of old. Great and powerful beings.
3: No, Klikka Klikka likes stories.
1: It is not often. I am in the presence of an immortal, and especially not of these days.
3: Oh, um... I don't... Klikka doesn't think Klikka's immortal.
0: And it says, again, lowering its head flat to the ground and says, You humble Mimi with your presence,
1: and I apologize for harming you. I will help you in any way you need. Just please, speak to the immortals in the realms of Twilight. Please, I beg forgiveness for my crimes. I just... And
0: it begins in the most, I guess, dis... I don't know, maybe dis... I'm trying to think of the word to to describe it, but... It just seems to be weeping desperately. Like, it doesn't seem to be weeping in, like, a, in an unproud way. It just seems to be, like, as if it's, it's got nothing to do. A tiny goblin stands before this massive reptilian structure, and it seems to be cowering towards Kalika's feet, as if to, like, smooch her tootsies in a way that seems like a, like a shamed dog. And it leans in and says, I meant no harm.
1: I'll uh, give you what you need, my life, in your service.
3: Out of character, did we get this dragon's name? I don't remember. No. Um, it. It's okay, you can raise your head. I don't know your name, so I have to ask it so that when I speak in the lands of Twilight, I can tell them that you were good.
0: And the dragon kind of lifts itself up a little bit and tilts its head down and says, I am Tarthaja.
1: I was once a proud
0: golden dragon in this land, guardian of the mountain. And you see the uh, dragon kind of nudge its head again blindly in the direction of Norhill and says, is he going to die?
3: Oh, um... Well, now that Anton's up again, Anton should be able to help Norhill.
4: Yep, I'm gonna... second.
0: The dragon Tartharja leans towards Klikka and says, His healing is nowhere
1: near the bounty of the immortals. Show us your gifts. Bless us with your presence. The miracles of old can be yet again
3: conducted. Heal him. Please. Um, We will go over and try to heal (laughs) Norhill.
2: Click, I have another health potion on me. Take it.
0: (laughs) Did you say that out loud, Jarzak? Uh,
2: No, Jarzak kind of will just grab the health we'll, potion and I mean,
0: we can, it. Yeah, we can say that Clique and Jarzak have a very firm understanding at this point that just a couple of eye rolls will do enough to give instruction. So, okay. And so the dragon kind of tilts its eyes in your general direction as you walk by Jarzak. Do you take the healing
3: potion from Jarzak? Um, if its eyes are on me while I'm heading to jarzak can i use mage hand to grab the potion sort of like obstructing its view of the mage hand and then bring the potion towards me don't forget also that these potions are absolutely tiny
0: and looking closely at the dragon's vision and the eyes of the dragon the eyes seem to have suffered greatly from being in this caustic area and covered in rust for so long its vision is very poor
3: yeah, so then I'll just try and, I guess, grab the potion as I go by eck. All
0: right. Roll me a sleight of hand, would
3: you? Oh, Nice. Well, I have a plus five, and I brought that total to seven. <laughs> With advantages, we're working together, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll give you advantage because it wants to believe
3: you. <laughs> How about that? Nice. Just what I needed, bring it up to an eight. (laughs) (laughs) I liked my mage hand plan a lot more than this, but you tricked me.
0: Hey, I mean, at the end of the day, the potion slips from Jarzak's hand to Klika's, and Klika's fingernails and rings manage to make a tiny clinkle on the hand gesture across the two of you. Uh, and as you begin to walk towards Norhill the dragon steps a couple steps behind you, almost knocking Anton over as it approaches to watch the show. (laughs) And as it gets closer, the claustrophobia begins to settle in as you stand here in the pretty well-blocked-off corner here, like the 20 by 20 space in the back corner by the door. And the thing leans in and says, Conduct
1: your miracle, blessed immortal. Uh,
3: I guess... Cleek is gonna as she kneels over Norhill to pour the potion into his mouth, use prestidigitation to create, I guess, um, maybe sort of try and emulate that room in uh, the elven citadel that the queen was in with all the stars to, like, sort of...
0: Like Like have have starlight beam down onto you?
3: Yeah, just like in a bunch of Sort of faint glowing stars sort of show up all over the in like a small area around Kleeka as she pours the potion down his throat. Well, I Klika... guess, specifically Kleeka's star as well. Yeah, well, okay. Kleeka does that. Jarzak drops his knee and
0: oh, you have blessed us with yet another miracle. <laughs> And so when Klika begins to cast the spell, as Jarzak jumps in to make loud noises, completely covering the vocal components of Klika's spell, uh, the illusion is completed with no seams in this plan, and uh, Norhill gains a quick 13 points of health back and gasps a breath of life uh, through all the little... Uh, all the little cuts and scars across his hands and his face and everything that are visible through his armor. But yeah, you gasp back there. The dragon lurches back, clunking into the ceiling, crumbling stone and dust, and the dragon again lowers itself to the floor in a, in a pose to uh, lower its position, pretty much squishing Anton directly underneath it with just <laughs> like a belly flop, and Anton gets flattened to the floor underneath it, and the dragon bellows again. Mercy. I beg mercy at the Day of Judgment. Please, give me peace. And it lowers its head again, completely covering Anton from all vision in the room. Just,
4: <laughs> but
0: um, just a single hand just flapping out, just like, <laughs> and the thing leans into Klika and says, blessed
1: be the child of destiny. I apologize for all I have done. Will you forgive me?
3: Um, Tatharja, what happened to you was a crime that may never be fully paid for, uh, but the child of destiny, Klica Thurelius, will forgive you and will let all in the land of immortals, know that you are good and you are just.
0: And so, could you roll me a persuasion check on that? Uh,
3: yeah. Eleven.
0: Okay. And so with that, it lowers its head and it says, I owe you
1: everything. While my body dwindles and dies, my soul is saved. Blessed be the immortals. I will give you gifts. I will help you in any way you need. You may send the gnomes my forgiveness. I wish not to live in hatred anymore. I seek not vengeance.
4: Can I do an insight? I don't know how well I can hear, but I'm a little (laughs) bit surprised by this turn of attitude.
0: You know, I was waiting for Anton underneath when it's like, I apologize. I was waiting for Anton to be like,
4: it's okay. it's all
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little finger gun sticking out from underneath, like,
4: boo-boo. Yeah, boo-boo. 17.
0: This dragon seems to be moved in a in a sense that it has just been brought to light by by some sort of redemption here. It has witnessed a miracle with its own eyes.
4: So Thank God this. Because I can't take another hit like that.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, it stands up with its foot pressed on Anton's chest cavity and just. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so with that, the dragon stands up again and begins to apologize for its bulk as it starts to move around, uh, trying to turn around, and it says, "Please follow me to my my chambers." And in the most awkward and claustrophobic way possible, you see this thing like bending and lurching and bones creaking under its bending weight here as it slinks and turns around perfectly in the hallway and begins to walk the way that it came in, its tail swooping and leaving a dusty trail clinging to the air.
4: It's how it just like... Ugh, and get, it rolls over and gets to his feet. He's
0: just coated in dust, stands up. There's just an anton like print on the ground of clear stone <laughs> surrounded. He'll <laughs> no
2: go over it.
0: <laughs> he comes up just brushing just just heaps of it off. Okay.
3: So what would you guys like to do? I guess we're going to follow Taraj... Taraj... Tartharja? Tartharja.
2: It does seem like it's willing to treat now. so I can't take another hit like that. Uh, Barley's probably the best option.
0: He's just got to humble the party every once in a while. Turns out he was you know, just
3: biding time for another breath weapon. Anton didn't roll high enough on the insight.
0: Gets <laughs> us right
3: at the end of the tunnel. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> right and wrong don't matter, fuckface. But um, so with that, the uh, dragon continues to lurch down the hallway. And uh, once it gets to the uh, the turnaround and begins to walk around the corner, you guys begin to catch up behind it. And the chamber that you guys uh, follow it towards is a large, though sort of crumbled in on itself, room that looks like kind of a massive soup dish of sorts. Like it's big and sort of circular and it dips down a little bit in elevation. Uh, the room itself is poetically disturbing in its sense of all of the dusty remains and like half brittled coins that are still here blades that have been rusted down to pommels and you can see like leather remains dangling on handles you can see shields where the only thing left is sort of the wooden frame that kind of held the steel together all these different statues and busts that are basically like sitting there waiting for somebody to sneeze at it and disrupt it completely but this room is just filled with a dragon's horde that has been absolutely and utterly destroyed. Now, amongst the sands of rust here, you guys can see small twinkling gemstones that seem to be relatively untouched by everything that's occurred in here. And the dragon swoops in circularly and sits down like a proud, and ca- like a proud cat just kind of swoops and spins into the middle and just sits down proudly amongst its rusty pit. And as it sits here, it says, Please make yourselves comfortable.
1: Tell me of the gnomes and what they need of me.
3: The gnomes will need a piece of you, yourself, for we wish to make a weapon to fight cruel dwarves who have taken, or cruel Dwargar who have taken the dwarvish homeland from them. Alls
1: of silver and steel.
3: Have been lost, yes.
1: And it lowers its head and it says, In centuries of old, I would have fought to protect such places. I will
0: help. You need a living piece of me. And so it shall be done. And it brings one of its massive reptilian claws over to its side. And it plucks away a single scale and it winces a little bit as if it itches more than stings and plucks it, revealing rib underneath the uh, scaly remains here and swings it widely over to the party and holds it in its scaly palm and says, You may have this gift of mine, and I will provide you with gifts
1: to help you. My soul is secured. My body, however, will die. And I need you all to take what gifts I have and make good use of them.
3: Thank you, Tartharja. Your kindness will never be forgotten.
2: And your suffering will not have been without
3: cause.
4: Anton just bows deeply, finding words may... There are no words.
0: Does Jarzak got a line to drop too? That was kind of perfect, like the full party sweep. And then Jarzak's just like, oh, uh, Uh, you who smelt it, dealt it. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you say? Did you say something? Oh, yeah. All I said was, "Uh, thanks. (laughs) Very good. Very good. That's what I thought you said, but I was like, Yeah. yeah, okay. And so with that, the dragon lowers its head. And again, it tilts its head generally in the direction of Klika and says You promise my soul will be saved.
3: On my name is Klikka Thorellius. I will do everything in my power to ensure it. so.
0: And with that, the dragon lowers its head and lifts it once more and looks again in your general direction but now more specifically through its Sort of again, the eyes on this thing just look like they're not fully there. It's it's cloudy and it's hard to see through them, but you see a level of moisture like unknown to this creature at this stage in its life, as a single teardrop seems to turn crimson rolling out of its eye, picking up all the rust it can on the way down before dripping into the pile of sandy dust at its yeah, at it's you know, at its feet and kind of letting a little poof, as a bunch of the dust kicks up and it says. Your mother would have been greatly proud. I know
1: who your mother is. I know immortals work in strange ways, but there is no mistaking Falgrizid. I pray she knows how great you
0: are. Please. And it scoops at a pile of the dust and swings over a handful of gemstones and it's clutches, and brings it over to you and says, take these.
3: Um, Klico will take the gemstones and put them in one of her pouches.
0: I was going to say, when when I say it's got a handful of gemstones, I mean, it has a handful of gemstones. Oh. You have a pillowcase filled of
3: gemstones at this point. <laughs> so I guess it's Klica will sort of motion to Norhill, Jarzak, and Anton to sort of help take some of it, and then she'll say, "Um, I don't know how much I can do for your mortal form, but Klikka hopes that this will help a bit, and then I guess for a little while, Klica will try using mending... And prestidigitation to sort of clean his body as best she can. Get rid. The of... thing
0: begins to, to weep in, in a slight moving way as it tries to push you away from doing this. Again, saying in like sort of chuckling tones between sobs, the thing says, again, you have done much enough. I would not pray for another miracle.
1: You have saved your friend. And I know you will do much greatness. Please. Take the secret passage. It will lead you out of here.
0: Safely. And it kind of gestures its head behind it to a rocky outcropping which at first glance looked just like typical stonework but taking a better peek now in the light you can see that it does arc around a very sharp turn. But yeah. So is the party heading on their way?
4: I feel really bad. Even though it like nearly killed me. I still feel Please, really bad for it. I don't know what Anton could do for it at this point.
0: Well, um, I mean, as I guess Anton and Pleka both attempt to do such a thing via, like, you know, to help and whatnot, again, the dragon kind of holds a single draconic paw out and says, I wish not for vengeance. It is not something I
1: seek. Forgiveness shall save this day. Please, you may help me by telling them of my tale and saying that I am sorry and that they are forgiven.
3: And we will.
2: As the lord of the halls of silver and steel, I will ensure that your sacrifice is not forgotten.
0: And so with that, it just lowers its head in a way that it's kind of resigned its position here and just sits silently in its chamber filled to the brim with rust and old, forgotten and destroyed materials. So the party lead their way out of the chamber through the secret passage snaking down cavernous hallways and stuff for what seems like a mile before popping out on a mountainous ledge overlooking the valley where Corydale sits on the ocean. And you guys can see little tiny bits of smoke tufting out of the trees in the distance where Caracol and Margay are likely setting up a camp as the sun begins to set. And that is where we're going to end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in, and if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things
4: article